like there's some practices there. Yeah, well, they, they always say you know sportsmen make do well in business, and, and I think it's just that work ethic. You know, to, to get to the top of any sport, really, you've got to you've got to have a good work ethic. You've got to be. G'day and welcome to the Farms Vice Podcast with your host Jack Creswell. Whether you farm it, service it, or just love it, this podcast is for you. We'll bring you the techniques and technologies you can implement into your day straight from the leaders and innovators themselves. Spread the farm's advice so that we can reach more farmers right across Australia. Follow us on all of your socials at Farms Advice and let's get into this episode. It's a crisp morning here in Orange, New South Wales, and for the man that played professional rugby league for Parramatta, Titans, and also the beloved Chooks. It's great to have Daniel Mortimer on the podcast. Now, he's gone back to the family business, Mortimer's Wines, in a job where he can go from driving a tractor through to selling the product and pouring wine for customers in their wine tasting. It's been a bit of a full circle for Daniel and his young family, moving back to the place where he grew up after his father, Peter, wound up his 11-season career at the Bulldogs. Now, this is a two-part series. We'll have Daniel, the new generation, coming on to the Farmswise podcast to tell us a little bit about his angle of returning to the family business. And then the next episode, we'll talk to Peter Mortimer, also playing NRL Australian Rugby League back in the day for the Bulldogs in the 70s and 80s, but we'll be joined with Peter in the other episode. So... Stay tuned for this one. Plenty of elements to get out of this and take take it home as a key takeaway anyway. So let's get into it. Welcome to the Farms Vice Podcast. Great to be surrounded by your vineyards, Daniel, and great to have you on the podcast today. Thanks, Jack. Yeah, nice to have you here at our place. Absolutely. The first sort of video podcast we've done as well, but... Great to get an understanding. Sheep farmers, they may want to know what vineyards get up to within their day, but tell us a little bit about yourself, your connection, and how did you get into this role? Yeah, uh, the last few years I grew up here, I helped, me and my brothers uh, helped plant these vines right yeah. here. So 1995, uh, we planted the vines. Uh, so grew up on the winery. Um, yeah. And yeah, a lot of work, obviously, um, especially establishing a, a vineyard. It's, it's yeah. a lot of output for the first five years with, with zero re- reward until yeah. you start to get fruit. So it's a, definitely takes some patience and some um, long sight, um, which Dad had, thankfully, at the time. But, yeah, the last uh, three and a half years, I, I, I've come home after being away for a while and um, slipped back into the on the farm with Dad helping him out and, yeah, really enjoyed being back. Uh, yeah. I didn't really enjoy it as a kid. We all moved away as we could but now being at this stage of my life yeah um yeah loving loving the farm life and and you know it's, it's a nice industry the wine industry yeah i think as like kids off a farm we get sucked back into the vortex of coming back to the family farm and actually when we're adults we sort of tend to enjoy it a little bit more as well you've you sort of found that on the family farm yeah definitely Look, it's always been home you know, yeah wherever yeah. i've been i've been sort of footies taking me all around the world but it's, yeah. I've, I've never been away from here for longer than a couple of months it's, it's yeah. always been home and I love showing the place off and bringing friends back, and um, so yeah, it's it's probably inevitable to come back. You know, out of all, out of the five boys, you know, three of us have come back home. We all left, but yeah, yeah right. uh, more. Yeah, a lot of us come back. It's yeah, it's a nice lifestyle. It's nice to uh, enjoy this this time of your life with with some space and some land and, and something that 
are you passionate about? Absolutely. With the flexibility paired with like how beautiful it is around here, you can't not come back. Maybe just that orange breeze would keep you away, I think. <laughs> yeah, the winter gets a bit long here. Yeah, I'll admit yeah. that. Um, but luckily, there's no bad weather to drink wine in. You, you, yeah. you have a nice uh, sparkling on a, on, a, on a summer's day or you, or you tuck up in yeah. front of the fire with a nice red. So we're not the worst uh, industry to be uh, in winter. Absolutely. But before we get down to some agribusiness, tell us, for the footy fans in out there, I'm a bit of a Chooks fan myself and that's where I know you from, but what's your background in footy? Yeah, so obviously, like Dad and his brothers all played through the 80s with the Bulldogs. Yep. They were very successful there. So, look, and I'm one of five boys, so it was all we, we were sort of destined to go into footy at least. Uh, started in the backyard, and uh, yeah, we all played for a long time. Um, my, two of my brothers played reserve grade for a number of years, so yep. uh, nearly made the NRL. Um, and yeah, I was fortunate enough to go on and have a, probably a nine year, nine or ten year career um, yep. professionally, which. Yeah, I feel very fortunate. Yeah, I came through the Eels in 2009, which was a bit of a whirlwind year, and then um, obviously jumped across with the Chooks, where I finally yeah. won a comp there in 13. Uh, and had a, had a little stint at the Titans and, and overseas uh, in the Super League. So yeah. yeah, Dad warned me it would go quick, and he was right. It, it flew by. But um, and yeah, he also said when you retire, the majority of your working life is in front of you. So you've yeah. got to find something that you're passionate about, and you're that fulfills that purpose that footy did because footy was all I wanted to do since I was four and yep. dad was the same but all of a sudden it, it's a short career for in terms of um, sports it's you're 30 odd and you all of a sudden you think all right well, what, ne- what next yeah you still a long I hopefully still a long time to live so I've got to yep. find something else that's going to fill that void yeah I thought like that would be probably the biggest one and it is currently the biggest one for like you see the presenters or whatever ex-NRL coming up and they, they've got their role but what's the other 99% of people are going right. to do. Yeah, you know, 1% if that go into you know, making a living out of footy, yeah. either coaching or, or presenting. Um, yeah, 99%, you know, they've got to go and find something to do. You know, I've had a lot of friends, um, I'm at that age now where a lot of friends have, have gone back and are really struggling with, with finding a purpose as well. It's it's a very regimented life from when you, you move up when you're 17, 18, yeah. um, and you're told, what to eat, where to be, what to do. It's just your life's worked out for you. You just got to turn yeah. up and, and make sure you're doing the right things. Whereas all of a sudden, um, you, know, you, you retire or you retire through injury or through yeah. your own decisions and all of a sudden there's, um, yeah, it's a big world out there that you that you can't rely on staff or coaches to, to set your life out. So, yeah, it's, it's daunting. Um, I did a teaching degree while I was playing. Yeah. I taught for three years, um, but then... Um, work my way back into the farm and, and enjoying that. Fantastic. And I like I had the question before, what did you bring from footy, like that regiment, that routine that you had that tell people, people telling you where to go and whatnot, what did you bring from footy back to the family farm, do you think? Do you think yeah. you, like, there's some practices there? Yeah, they well, they, they always say, you know, sportsmen make do well in business, and, and I think it's just that work ethic, you know, to, to get to the top of any sport really you've got to you've got to have a good worth at it you've got to be disciplined yeah um you've got to be motivated so you know a lot of those skills are transferable um, yeah you know i've seen it with dad um and starting to see it with myself you know it's not something that you sit down and think about but it's just you know sports when you to yeah. get to that top you have to have those traits and yeah. um and yeah you you can apply them you, know, you, you should apply them to all parts of your life and yeah, that's where, obviously, working back on the farm, it's, you know, we're, we're hard workers. It's, yeah. it's not the uh, glamorous lifestyle that a lot of uh, country, uh, city people come out and think, oh, I could, I could start a winery. It's, uh, it's not, easy. Not all serving and drinking yeah. wine down the cellar door, that's for sure. <laughs> but, um, but that's what 
the hard work is what makes that, that makes that more rewarding. So yeah, one hundred percent. And within your three years now, your GM, what's that role entail for a local winery around Orange? Yeah, for domestic, but also maybe international. Yeah, it's um, it's a very diverse job. That's what yeah. I enjoy about it. Um, you know, like I said, we planted the vines, so we we do everything right from. Um, you know the grapes and then our wines get made in Mudgee and yep. Dad and I will travel to Mudgee um, to use Simon Gilbert's facilities over there um, we use his infrastructure we also use his uh, his advice he's, he's a yeah. fifth generation winemaker so we take his advice seriously but yeah ultimately Dad Dad makes the decisions I'm there to uh, to bounce off him as well yep. um, and then we get it in a bottle and we serve it to our consumers so we really you have to wear a lot of hats in this game um, but that's what I really enjoy about it I don't know if I could do any of those jobs full time by themselves, um, yeah. but by the time you finish one, there's something else to do, and um, you get that invigoration about the next job when it's come because you're never stuck too long doing the same thing. A bit like footy, you've got to keep your feet and hands pretty busy. You do, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's always yeah, and you always got to be learning. Yeah. Um, you know, the game changes just like footy. The, you know, the game changes quickly, and, and yeah, you know, footy culture as well. It um, yeah. it changes. You got to be up with the times. Yeah. Um, in terms of as well. Um, you know, marketing, yep. having a social presence and, and community. It's um, you've got to be up with all, all the changing technology because um, if you if you don't, you get left behind. And it's, in and out of the fields as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, yep. both both in the field. There's always. Um, what do you call them fields or paddocks? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. just vineyards. vineyards yep. Yeah, vineyards. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. There's always new uh, ways to do viticulture. There's yep. always new products out to use. Um, so you've got to be on top of that to get the best quality fruit. And yeah. then obviously there's there's the whole marketing and business part, which yeah. you've got to be on top of too. So tell us a little bit about the vineyard. Where we've got the nets off in this one. Um, what's this one behind us? So this is the Chardonnay. This is the very first vineyard we planted in yeah. um, 1995. Uh, and yeah, the nets are off this one. We harvested the Chardonnay about two weeks ago. So we uh, all the other all the other reds are all still netted. So Birds don't get into them. Yep. But, um, yeah, this came off and it was a really good crop this year. It was a bigger yield than we expected and, and a really clean fruit. We had a, quite a good year. Um, very cool year leading into Christmas. Yep. Um, all the vines were behind bud burst probably six weeks, which is a bit concerning. Yeah, okay. yep. um, but yeah, January, February, and first half of March have been quite warm and quite dry. So the fruits yep. caught up, and it's been one of those years where you can fortunately bit of hands off and, and let nature do its course it's, yeah. we haven't had to use many if any um, you know controls yeah, yeah. You know, which is ideal yeah that's the beauty of it and at the moment from this getting picked how long will that happen to be a bottle yeah so we um, so we just got this this black Shiraz that we have here yep. uh, that's 2021 vintage yeah and we got it back about 10 weeks ago so after it's harvested here it'll travel straight to Mudgee It'll get uh, crushed and pressed and fermented, which will take a couple of weeks. And then we'll select oak barrels to age it in. Yep. And we can age it in oak barrels anywhere from usually 8 to 18 months. Yep. Um, usually the whites are sort of 8 to 12 months, and our reds are 12 to 18 months, uh, depending yep. on what we're looking for in the wine. So, yeah, it's a long process, um, but Certainly. it is nice to get a wine back. Like I said, you, you, you get one back recently, and it was from two vintages ago. Yep. So it's, it's a long process, but... Um, yeah, that's the game. Going back to yield, every farmer wants to improve their yield. How do you measure it within a vineyard? Is it a percentage of what you get off? Yeah, usually, I mean, we'll always, um, you know, weigh and record our, our tonnage in, yeah. in yield. Um, and there's there's measurements you can do um, in the vine in terms of um, 
you know, counting bunches in, in, in bays and to get estimates for your yield. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, look, it's sort of the yield, um, really, it's the grapes are set nearly as soon as bud burst hits. So when bud burst hits and the grapes are just shooting, they've already got their fruit set, everything's sort of in there. Um, it's just up to you to control and not lose that fruit through birds, pests, or diseases, or fungi, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a hard one to always um, know what yield you're gonna get. It's, some have really surprised us. Um, you get a general idea based on the season, but ideally for yield, um, you know, wet winters and, and dry summers are, are ideal. Yeah. Wet winters, the, the ground's full of nutrients and, and moisture, and then the nice, nice dry summers to ripen up the fruit. Um, we've got a dam we irrigate um, the vines when need be. Yep. And with the different varieties, are you seeing different yields with that as yeah, well? Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. So there, there's, you know, our Shiraz is usually quite a big yield. Yep. Um, the Good bunches, The bunches are, are bigger and bolder, yep. so um, they contain a lot more weight and a lot more juice, um, yep. whereas the, the Pinot Noir uh, tends to be a lower yielding uh, variety. So the, the grape bunches themselves are a bit longer and a bit less dense. Yeah. Um, so... And that's the story with the Cabernet too. So they all change from year to year, but also you can you know what to expect. The Chardonnay is sort of yeah in your middle line, but yeah you get some you know what to expect with the yields usually. Beautiful. And going into farm operations, it's great to see like who's working here and how's that operationally sort of work for you, like from picking to pruning to putting out some fungicides, herbicides, or something to keep them sort of. I don't know, how does it work within the vineyards? Yeah, so, so Dad and I will do 90% of the viticulture here, yep. the work in the vines. Um, we'll get some workers in to help with the big jobs, so obviously harvesting, we can't go through and harvest it all by hand ourselves. Yep. Um, we harvest yep. everything by hand, it just ensures that we pick the best quality. Yep. Um, but we get harvesters in, you know, 20 or 30 um, come through and, and they'll usually knock over a vineyard in a day. Yep. Um, and pruning as well, it's a big job, uh, so we sometimes we get we dad and i hook into it and then if we need a bit of a hand to get it finished we'll get some contractors in to help yep. that but apart from that um you know all the maintenance um all the other jobs spinning the canopies spraying um you know all that's done by mostly dad but myself too but me coming on board i'm sort of um taking on a little bit more of the cellar door and sales role yep. and yep. dad's Loving it because he gets to spend more time with his baby, which is the vineyard. Yeah, with his hands. Yeah. And yeah, that, that was my next one. Going into maybe a bit of agritourism, swinging people out from Sydney and further abroad. How's that been for you? Yeah, look, COVID's been a bit of a bless, blessing. It was a bit yeah. scary at the start because we don't service bottle chains and, and all the, during COVID, all the bottle chains killed it because no one yeah. could go and be social. Well, probably it. saved you as well, no? Drink at home. Yeah, well, yeah. Then, then in those, between those lockdowns, yeah. Um, because especially Sydney siders couldn't travel overseas or interstate. Mm. Um, they were flocking out here. And yeah. um, so we went, went from sort of no, zero business to all of a sudden, you know, processing 100 odd customers a day. And uh, it was a struggle, but, you know, you, you're welcome. It was, yeah. it, was, uh, it was nice to have that exposure. It gave Orange and, and regional places that exposure yeah. to Sydney that um, we probably hadn't had for a while. And, and now we get a lot of people from Greater Sydney coming back because um, they've been here, they loved it. Yep. They bring their friends. Yeah, so. and they like recommend it to the next sort of Definitely, line yeah. coming through. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's all in all, it was a really good outcome for, for I think regional towns. Yeah, and the you've got B and Bs here as well. People can come here and stay and experience the vineyard for its true self. That all throughout the year. Yeah, yeah, we have a we have a combination block on the Chardonnay here, which yep. is very popular. Um, yeah, we I think we built that in around two thousand and twelve. I think yeah, so. 
quite recent, but um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's another avenue stream, a yeah. bit, bit more of a uh, uh, secure uh, revenue stream yeah. um, in terms of, you know, I'm guessing on farm, and a lot of farmers, it'll apply to a lot of farms, you, you do have to hedge your bets in different areas, you can't necessarily yeah. go all in on one because that, yeah. that bites you in the butt, then it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. the more avenue streams, revenue streams you can open, yeah. um, the more security you have, I guess, and then you just you pick the best ones and you roll with that. And yeah, accommodation's been a great investment for us. And being the younger generation on farm, I'll ask your old man this later, but what sort of technology is on the farm and what's helping you sort of save time, save money, but also make a bit more money as well? Yeah, well... You know, we've we've really grown as a business with um, more machinery and equipment as well. Yeah, you know, we're used to net um, our net. Yeah, you, we got to net the net the vines. Yeah, otherwise the birds just go to town. So it used to be so manual sort of shape. We used to have a net each side of the row, and you used to have to sort of go through and push them up, and then you go through. I think we went through about eighteen thousand paddle pop sticks <laughs> each year, and you'd weave the paddle pop sticks above the row and oh, so to the, hold so the birds couldn't get them. Yeah, yeah just net them through. So that was a that was a huge job, and now Dad's got a uh, a net machine which you get a, a big net. The tractor goes up with a big um, you know, arch, and, net, and the net rolls yep. over four rows in in one. It takes a, takes us probably two and a half hours to do the chardonnay. Yep. Whereas the old style netting would have taken weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, look, and that's where you know Dad didn't have a lot of money at the start, so that you know you got to do what you can in your budget as well. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, there's a few things like that that's that's been very beneficial. Yeah. Um, and obviously down at our cellar door as well, there's, you know, point of sale systems, wine club um, processes. Yep. There's uh, a lot of things like that, which which really help that um, that sales side, which saves a lot of time. Um, yeah, yeah. Which is where I'm sort of coming in yep. and doing a lot of work. And picking that up. So how's the wine club going? Yeah, really good. Yeah, yep. we have about 250 plus members. Um, and look, they they pretty much saved us through, through COVID because yep. we... we couldn't really operate but we had two of our wine clubs going out so um yeah that sort of kept us afloat through those tough times and and um yeah look, our members get looked after we put some lovely wines away for them and release them later yep. vintages so um yeah but it's it's a it's another um you know different revenue stream for our business that yep. um that doesn't require um getting out on the road doing sales you know they're in the club and it's just our job to keep them there so yeah if we keep making good wine now you finished this episode you can go ahead and listen to peter's episode the older generation this farm's advice episode does not stop here come and join the conversation on facebook twitter instagram or tiktok and even join our facebook group Go to farmsadvice.com.au for more on this episode and spread the hashtag farmsadvice to your mates. If you can leave a review on Apple or Spotify, that will let other farmers find us too. But until then, see you next Tuesday.